Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to the There It Is podcast, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode. We have a great one today. It is with improviser Ellen Matthews, a good buddy of mine at the Magnet Theater. And we do a really great deep dive into improv. And it doesn't get too nerdy, but I do love what we were talking about when it comes to stage presence and also just your headspace when you perform. It's a really great chat. So why don't we get right to it? Here's my chat with Ellen Matthews. Ellen, you and I met at the Magnet. And I remember when we met. And I just remember, like, she has the biggest, nicest smile. Like, you were, <laughs> you were so warm, so and you've nice. always been so warm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. I, I feel the same about you. I feel like when I met you, you were very welcoming. You were very, like, you always made a point to say hello. You're very good <laughs> at, like, remembering faces and names, and that goes a long way. So. Well, I... I can be pretty bad with names. I'm very good with faces. Really? I'm not great with names. Well, yeah, I don't know why. Me. No, well, I just remembered your name. You're <laughs> <laughs> okay. just one of the ones I remembered for some reason. <laughs> there are a lot of people where I'm like, dang it, is it Amanda or is it Lauren? <laughs> like, <laughs> is it Sarah Which... or is it Laura? <laughs> like, I'll I'll just like throw it throw <laughs> myself off somehow. No, I think we should all wear name tags at all times. At all times. At, at all times. times. First and really last do. name, frankly. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I used to be a little bit better when I was on Facebook more. Because yeah. if I can associate their face with their name, then it I I can sometimes see it. I could see their Facebook. Yes. And like, oh, that's so-and-so. But I have heard someone say that. A good trick is to ask the person, like, mm -hmm. what's a trick to remember your name? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and then they tell you, and then you remember that. Yeah, like, I can see I that. Always, I always said for years, because people, for some reason, people can't always understand me when I say Ellen. I, oh. I There's a lot of back and forth. The first one they usually say is, Alan? And then I'm like, no, Ellen. And so I started saying Ellen like Ellen DeGeneres. And so that's interesting that people yes. had a hard time with Ellen. Yeah, all the time. I, I, I had an internship years ago and my badge said Alan Matthews. That's, <laughs> that's on them. Me. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I get how Ellen and Alan maybe sounds similar enough, but like, come on. I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I think that's them. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> There's no reason they should have thought Alan was your name. You know, I can understand when it's one of those names where it's like, I can't tell what they said. Mm -hmm. Especially if it's on the phone. It's like, does this say Steve or Keith? All I heard was E. <laughs> like, e. <laughs> like, wait, wait, what? But yeah. And I just spell like at Starbucks, I just spell it. Ellen, E-L-L-E-N. <laughs> and I get it every time. I just spell my name now. Yeah, that's fair. I met you through a dear friend and friend of the podcast, Robin McNamara. Oh, love Robin. Yeah, she's the best. I love her. And you know, she, we went to school together, right? Yeah, so I was just about to say, you two went to school together, as well as another dear friend and friend of the podcast, Lisa Betancourt. Yes, yes, that's right. You all went to Massachusetts Amherst or UMass. Amherst, UMass, as UMass. it's known. Yeah. Or Zoomass, as, Zoomass? as we call it. Zoomass. Why do you all call it Zoomass? <laughs> I don't call it Zoomass. I, people called it Zoomass, I guess, because it was like a party school, but <laughs> I, it wasn't. It was just a normal school. <laughs> what did you study there? I double majored and do you like the way I said that? Yeah. <laughs> I double majored. Yeah. Just because I was interested in so many things and I couldn't pick in philosophy mm. 
and women gender sexuality studies. Uh It was called women's studies when I first started it. And then by the time I graduated, they had changed the name to women gender sexuality studies. So Mm -hmm. that's what I studied. What did you study? I studied mass communication. I was almost a double major. If I I was a, an RA, so I didn't have a time to actually, oh, I didn't have the time to do a that play. Takes a lot of time. Yeah. I was a theater minor, and cool. um, if I had gotten a, in a play, like if I had tried to and then got in one, I would have had enough credits to be a double major to have graduated with both degrees. <sighs> but Got it. That's what I was made to understand at the time. I have no idea if that's the case, but <laughs> that's what I stayed with. I yeah. uh, for t- so many years ago now. I'm like, yeah, that's the case, I guess. <laughs> Does it haunt you? Do you wake up at night and go, oh, I could have had that double major? <laughs> I just want to be able to say I double major. Double majored like I did. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all I want to be able to do, but I I can't. <laughs> I can't. I, I have to go, I almost double major. <laughs> That's the tone you have to say that in. What a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> when you were at UMass, mm-hmm. were you interested at all in in performing and comedy? Like, yes. Were you doing anything? Yes. So I, I transferred to UMass my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. I, and then I didn't get involved in the comedy scene until halfway through my junior year. So I was like pretty late um, to it in my college career. And I saw, I've always like, I've always been like a theatrical person. I always loved doing plays as a kid. I went to theater camp, you know, I loved comedy. I would watch stand-up comedy like on Comedy Central for hours and hours and hours. I've always loved comedy, loved theater and the stage. What stand-ups did you like? Oh, I loved Maria Banford. Oh, she's so great. Yeah. I thought her stand-up was just unbelievable. And I also really loved Jim Gaffigan. I remember, and I actually, oh my gosh, I have to show you this since it's right here. Jim Gaffigan was one of the first stand-up comedians that ever made me like laugh out loud. Oh, wow by myself like I would watch a lot of stand-up and I'd be like you know if I'm watching it by myself I'd be like this is very funny I'm enjoying mm-hmm. this very oh yeah much. but I wouldn't like, laugh classic comedian move yes <laughs> right? go, this and is funny so- this, yeah I get what you mean you're just because is it because when you're alone you're sort of you're almost half studying it so I have a theory about this that it that laughter it's probably not my theory I've probably heard someone say it but <laughs> laughter is a form of communication yeah so yeah. when you laugh it, like when other people are around, you're laughing to be like, hey, I got that. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> like, I got that joke. And like, oh, we're all experiencing this together. And like, it's very communicative. So when you take out the social aspect, there's no one to really communicate to. So when you laugh by yourself, it's like truly, truly like funny. Yeah. A primal, just <laughs> like authentic human at your core oh yeah delight you know what i mean absolutely yeah and so anyways that's what jim gaffigan was for me and i have this signed oh a um, signed jim gaffigan poster i love you and bacon jj that's very funny ellen i love you and bacon is a pretty (laughs) pretty nice thing for jim gaffigan (laughs) to say to you i agree so I walked yeah, so, past him on the street. Um, so did I. I think we. I think, I think we must have walked past him the same day. Yeah, it may have been. He it was, was not up, that long ago. He was picking up dry cleaning when. Oh, I when saw I him. saw him, he didn't he have was dry, cleaning. dry cleaning. Maybe it was I saw him right before he picked up dry cleaning, and you said it was right by the theater. It was right by Magnet. Yeah, it was right by Magnet. Okay. And uh, I was just walking along and I saw him and I think he had earbuds in and I had earbuds in. So I just kind of went, I just kind of looked at him and was like, uh, I don't, I said something, sir. I think, I think I said something like, wow, you're love your work, sir. Or something like that. I don't, I can't remember. And I, I kept walking. I didn't like stop yeah. to try to be like, oh, yeah, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Cause he looked like he was going somewhere probably to pick up dry cleaning and I was going somewhere. <laughs> And so I just said that real quick. And yeah. I he kind of had a afterthought of like, huh, did someone just 
recognize right. me and say something to me because I right. that's how much of a drive-by statement right. it was. So I don't even think he registered what I said. Yeah, I I didn't say anything when I passed, but I it was like this. It was kind of like this full circle moment for me because I was walking to the theater to perform <laughs> improv comedy, and I was like, "Wow, my comedy!" <laughs> like the the one of the first people to like get me excited about comedy is walking <laughs> by me as I'm going to do this thing, and I'm like, oh, "It'd be nice to like let him know that," but yeah, he doesn't it's... care. <laughs> I don't know, you know, he might he might have he might but you know i feel i feel bad in a way for famous people who are getting stopped all the time so yeah i mean that's the thing in new york <laughs> they're walking you down the street alone. a lot yeah, yeah yeah and so like and like whenever this the mo whether they're famous or not is like leave them alone right you know i wasn't gonna say anything beyond what i said that's why i just kept walking <laughs> and i understand like not wanting to stop i mean if i could i might wave you know but yeah you know i try to just be as chill as i can just because they're they're busy i might be walking somewhere i think you you did it right like if you're gonna say something do it in like a non-committal way like hey i'm yeah. just saying my thing i'm not stopping you like yeah i'm saying it in the time it takes us to walk past each other right know? right i, I mean that's the right. thing you always heard about like someone from snl walking down the street and some some cabbie was like hey your catchphrase you know like yeah. that's, and yeah. that's all I it know. is i never want to be that <laughs> yes <laughs> i mean i don't want to yell the catchphrase but i do want to be like hey love you then walk away you know I guess it wouldn't I be that. Be like, do you do you remember when you told me you loved me and bacon? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, that's fun when you see people on the street like that sometimes because it's kind of a reminder of why you got into it. Just like you were saying, you know, totally. it's like this it full, was circle full circle thing. Yeah, it was really cool. But to answer your earlier question, so I I always like really loved comedy, and then second semester junior year of college, I saw a paper flyer like on a bulletin board outside my class one day. And it said auditions for sketch comedy. Mm. And I was really surprised by that because I had heard of improv. Like I knew, you know, when you have like freshman orientation, they always have the improv team come out. And <laughs> I'd heard about improv a lot but I wasn't it, it just did not speak to me in the slightest mm. which is so mm -hmm. funny given my life now but like I was <laughs> Same kind just of experience yeah I was such a hater like I was like <laughs> improv okay all right you know because I had seen like maybe I just seen bad improv shows you know yeah. and so I was like I don't I don't like this and so I was like is that the only but that is that the only way to do comedy you know mm -hmm. and so when I saw sketch comedy I was like oh oh my gosh they have a sketch team like I could actually like write it down and rehearse it and like yeah and with sure your background having done plays I yeah see why that would have really interest you interesting yeah so I was so pumped and I didn't tell anybody because I was like I'm not going to tell people I'm auditioning. And then if I don't make it, I have to tell. So I just like kept it a secret mm -hmm. from all my friends. And I auditioned with this group called Sketch 22. Okay. And I made like it. Catch and I... 22. Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah very college team it. name. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I still remember getting the, the voicemail after like the audition. My my friend who I'm still very good friends with to this day, Danielle Soto, who's a stand-up comedian out in LA. She called me and left a voicemail and she did this bit where she was like, Ellen, we loved you. And, you know, she had this like tone of like being sorry. And she was like, ah, <laughs> oh, you know, we really enjoyed your audition. We think you're super funny, you know, <sighs> you made it and like she totally and like and i was like i was like what if i had just like hung up though like, I, <laughs> just, like devastated very tricky tricky mm -hmm. uh, it reminds me of that it. michael bolton song i thought i loved you but i lied 
He's like, oh, that's kind of a mean thing to say. (laughs) And then he continues, but this is more than love I feel inside. It's like, oh, Oh, maybe lead with that. (laughs) You're trying to be romantic. Before I just leave and cry myself to sleep. So anyway, so I I was on the team for three semesters because I joined super late. And then I found out that it was part of a larger kind of comedy collective, which had two improv teams and one sketch team. So it was Mission Improbable, which Robin was on. Mm -hmm, And that mm -hmm. was family friendly, short form improv, Mm -hmm, if I'm mm -hmm. remembering correctly. And then they also had... Oh, I, I can't remember the other team's name, but it was another improv team that was long form and not family friendly. Oh, and I don't remember the name. It must not have been as catchy as Sketch Twenty Two. But imp- um, Mission Improbable or Mission Improbable. <laughs> so, so yeah, and then I was hooked. And then ah. I did you was do hooked. any improv in college? Nope, I was an improv hater for the uh, entire a while. time you were there. You hated the it. The entire oh. time. No, no, no. I <laughs> I enjoyed their shows. Like that. Uh-huh. Like it was more like a hater, as in like I first I hated it, and then I was like, oh, I enjoy this, but I can't. I could never do this. I can't mm, make stuff mm. up on the spot. That's kind like, of how I was. You know? That's yeah. Because I grew up watching Whose Lines in any way and thinking they were oh, great. Me too. I loved really loved that. watching yeah. that. Yeah. And didn't know that I didn't even think like, oh, that's something you can do because totally. it was just this show, this one show on television was all I knew about right. improv. And then when totally. I got to college and took a class, I was like, oh, this wasn't, I don't know. There was a lot of judgment in the room and it just felt hard oh, to, no. I felt like you had to be Robin Williams to be good at. And I was like, well, I, I guess I'm, yeah. this isn't for me, you know, like this, right. you know, like I could do a little bit, but this is, this is a little bit harder than it seems. Yeah. And I, I guess that's just not my knack. And it was years later when I found UCB and found out about ASCAT and was like, oh, this is, this is what I'd like to do. Like this, I feel like my speed like doing long form improv when did you have a moment like that that made you go oh i i could do improv this would be fun when did i get bit by the improv bug yeah so i moved to new york i i I, i've always wanted to live in new york i've uh, were you originally from indiana i you've said that before i'm from massachusetts But you, in your brain, I'm from Indiana, <laughs> which I love. I have. And uh, see, uh, you know what it is? Your high school on your Facebook is listed as being in it in Indianapolis. No, it's not. No, if you click on it, it takes you Hold to on. an Indianapolis. <laughs> God, Catholic I have not school. updated my. Well, I did go to a Catholic school in Springfield, Massachusetts. Hold okay. on. Let me look at this work in education uh-huh is this the wrong high school oh my god <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> you literally like did research and like your it's due a- diligence <laughs> and i just straight up have wrong information <laughs> all i'm these pe- so sorry no, no, i mean sorry. i didn't think it's funny like i wonder if there are all these people who went to the indianapolis I- one are like i don't remember her and then all these I, people went to high school with you who are looking for you but can't find you. I have not like touched my profile since I don't know when you did opened I have it Facebook? in 2004. Yes, <laughs> yeah. which means the entire time I've had the yeah. wrong yeah. cathedral high school on my profile. That the Indianapolis wow. Cathedral High School alumni are going and Ellen Matthews. I remember an she- Alan Matthews. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to change that right after we get off. (laughs) I can't believe it. And wow. Wow. And you did. I feel bad because you like, let me look and like find some information. And it's just like wild misinformation on my profile. Okay. Well, but you always wanted to live in in New York and you, (laughs) but you're from Massachusetts originally. I'm from Massachusetts. My heart is in Indiana. And then (laughs) I've always wanted to live in New York. Um, Why did you always want to live in New York? What I loved about New York was the the theater, you know, like there. There's like Broadway's there, you know, 
comedy is there, you know, late night talk show. I, I just wanted to like be in the thick of it. You know, I wanted to like, it's, it's just an amazing place, especially if you're into theater and comedy. And mm -hmm. so I just wanted to be there. So I, I, I just was looking for jobs in New York. Like it didn't really matter what it was. It just, if it was in New York, I will do it. And I ended up taking a, a job as an assistant and it, it got me to New York. And my friend who I went to UMass with, who did not do comedy at the time, David Murray, who ended up doing UCB and was a fantastic improviser. He was like, you should do improv. And I was like, no. <laughs> so I signed up for a sketch comedy class at UCB mm -hmm. and it was very fun, but it was a lot of work. Like mm. I had to write a sketch a week, which I know probably sounds like, okay, let's go. <laughs> but like, but it was really hard with a full-time job and mm. like, a, especially a job yeah. I just started, you know? And so I was like, I don't think this is sustainable. Like, mm. I don't think I can write to this level and do my job and I was really bummed because I was like, well, that's kind of like why, why I'm here, you know? Oh, and if wow, yeah. I can't dedicate the time to this, what do I do? And then my friend David was like, you should take an improv class. <laughs> There's no homework. Like once you're done, right. you're done. Yeah. And so I was like, fine, <laughs> I'll take an improv <laughs> class. And I got like the... Michael Jordan of improv classes. I got level one with Shannon O'Neill at UCB. Oh, wow. Yeah. Who, who's just a legend in improv. Yeah. And so that was my first intro into improv. And I was like, I love this so much. <laughs> and it's really hard. Or like at that time, I was like, this is a different kind of challenge. And I'm not good at it, but I there's something to this. And then I, you know, did level two, level three, level four. And then I, I don't know. I think I got like those advanced classes. Like you had to wait for them to come out on Twitter or something. Remember that? Yeah, I, so I wasn't in New York during that time period, but I heard okay. about those days yeah. where you had to basically stalk the UCB Twitter account to wait for yeah. when they announce Right. The classes are opened and then you had to hop on it real quick because it right. would build up in, almost immediately. Yeah. And so that just became like a barrier. <laughs> yeah. And and then I heard about Magnet and I was like, oh, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll try like a different theater. And Magnet is like, I liked improv, but Magnet is where I fell in love oh, with improv. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. Magnet is like, to me, a very special, magical place. And yeah, yeah. I've never felt more comfortable doing improv. I felt like really, really, I mean, not that, you know, UCB is great too. Right, it's not a right. knock on UCB. It's just like a really, really, it was a different energy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was I, it felt more expansive to me. Like I, I got there and I, I kept being like, when are we going to learn about game? And they're like, no, 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 we don't, we don't do that. It's not as like rigid and structured. Right, we don't have right. like a textbook, which I'm glad I learned both ways. Cause I think mm -hmm. there's value in both. Oh yeah. Yeah. I just, I was like, wow, I feel like I feel less nervous. I don't know. Like it just was this like psychological safety that, that you really need in order to kind of do your best, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. I um loved Magnet instantly too. I saw them, yeah. I've said a million times, but I saw them at a festival, like a touring company and it opened up my brain in a different way than improv had previously. And I bet I would have had a similar experience at IO, but it it was very unique and special to me. And I too was just like, oh wow, I, I'd love to be able to go there. This is before I knew I was moving to New York. So I was like, oh, that would be amazing. 
And then when that opportunity came to move to New York, I was like, it's gotta be magnet. I gotta go to. (laughs) (laughs) It is a very special place to be a part of. I had a very similar experience as you and, and seeing it and just being like, whoa. And it also helped me understand game differently because I felt like I always struggled with game. And then something, I think it was Peter McNerney was was explaining something with the game and i was like oh finally i get it <laughs> like after all these years of doing improv i finally understand the game it, it was i i think all the theaters uh have their place i'm definitely not one and i and i've i hate the conversation where people pit them against each other honestly it's yeah it's they're different like, things they're doing different, different things. things and and they might be exp- explaining the same thing but they explain it differently and it just works for certain people when they hear it that different way that's that's fine and normal so yeah so you found magnet fell in love started taking classes when did you move to new york to new york i moved here in 2012 Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i've been here for a while yeah 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 when robin introduced us she was like, oh, my friend from college is there. And I almost thought that you had just moved or something. Like something oh. about the way she said it made me think like, oh, yeah, 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 did your yeah, friend yeah. just move here? And But you had been, you'd been doing stuff at the theater for a while. When did you get cast on teams? I think 2016, Okay, I want to say. My first Megawatt team was She-Wolf. Oh, um, that was your first team. Okay. Yes. Oh, that was uh, when I was here. Or I feel like She Wolf, I guess She Wolf was going on when we moved here. I felt like, uh, I don't know, it may have been 2017. Was that 2017? It may have been. Maybe. Who all was on it when you started, when, when that, that team got together? Justin Anderson, who has been on all of my all megawatt of teams. teams. Yeah. I have never been on a megawatt team without Justin, except now. <laughs> except now, now we're he... about to have a new season. Yes. And congrats, yes. your wonderful team, Dreamboat, was renewed. Was renewed. And congrats to Justin, who had a baby. Yeah. And so he's going to be stepping away. And full circle moment. Justin was replaced by Robin. Exactly. Yeah. I can't. Full circle moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, what I'm so excited about that because one of the other good friends from our friend group out of classes was Andy, who's on that team. Andy yes. Roberts, yes. friend of the podcast. So, what a fun team, by the way. But we are talking about She Wolf, though. But yeah. So, yes. so Justin. Okay. Abby was Bianca. Russell. Yes, Bianca, before she became the art, uh, artistic director. Right. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Or was it Megawatt director? I'm sorry, Megawatt director. And, yes. okay, I feel like there was a team Abby was on right before that that I saw, but I could be wrong. Probably. That was just my very first. So mm-hmm. Chris De La Cruz, he, oh, he yes. and I were both the new people because we Another had just- friend of the podcast graduated from uh it was called team performance Performance workshop Workshop, back then yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. so we were like the two new ones justin torres um emily shapiro ali fisher um oh god i hope and then we had like a we had kim brown eventually yeah and because you know people move and so like there's replacements right right things like that yeah yeah it happens you know well, solid crew, and I've always really appreciated your improv. And I, I one of the things I wanted to talk about was your style and stage presence. And I get why you have the stage presence that I sort of keyed in on. It's because of your theater background. Mm. I feel like, and I've noticed this a lot with the improv performers that I go, oh, there's something extra special going on here they i think always are people who have a background in acting particularly Mm -hmm. stage and theater work so it it's i'm not surprised that i'm picking up on that with you but since now i know about your background i'm (laughs) glad to hear that and I, i feel like i'm curious to know from you 
what my style is because you know it's like a fish <laughs> in water it can't see the water <laughs> right it's just immersed in the water so i'm right. good at picking other people's styles out but i'm like <laughs> i don't know how i play <laughs> you know <laughs> i think you're really committed that's one thing i think it like every moment feels so real and every moment feels like a real person actually feeling even if you just do a walk on to do a gag it always feels like someone who is a hundred percent there it doesn't feel like a lot of times moves like that feel like oh i see the chess moves this person is making like oh i get mm. the joke that they're making because they're not really acting they're just putting the idea into the scene and it even if it makes me laugh even if it's funny it's like okay you know there's a difference of yeah. how that feels and when you do that because when you do it I, it's a funny move but then also there's this commitment to the emotion of what your character would is experiencing and so it makes me sort of lean in a little bit more and get gets me more immersed in the scene when whenever I you're on stage really appreciate you saying that can i tell you like a very weird aside. <laughs> so I have like very weird dreams. Um, and one time I had a dream that me and a group of people summoned the God of improv. Stay with me. <laughs> In this universe, there was a God, a deity that oversaw all of improv. Okay. Uh -huh. It made sense in the dream. And so like, it was like we were having like a seance and we had like summoned the God of improv and we were allowed one question. <laughs> and I asked, what is the most important aspect of improv? And it was like this voice. It was so like ominous, <laughs> like just, it, it didn't even come from everywhere. It came from everywhere. It just said in this like, kind of quiet tone it said commitment <laughs> and listen i know it was a dream and <laughs> dreams are probably just like your brain synapses just like dancing yeah. and whatever and it's all nonsense but i've remembered that forever and like mm -hmm. i'm i'm like i i don't know what that was but i picked up on something and so commitment to me is the most important thing of improv and so i'm so yeah. glad you said that no, I I would agree that it's it's an extremely important part of things because the best work I've ever seen, whether it's a TV show or a movie or improv or play or sketch, it's commitment that makes it stand out from everything else. The cream you of the crop to... has commitment. You have to believe it. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen, I can't think of like a specific example, but like I've seen this happen a lot where someone will make like a big choice and it won't get the reaction they were hoping for. And this has happened to me too. You know, yeah, like too. they kind of wanted more of a laugh, more of a reaction. It doesn't happen. And then so people backtrack and they shy away from it. And yeah. it almost, it makes it so much worse. It mm -hmm. makes it so much worse. And then you see the people who freaking double down on it. And they're like, yeah. the audience hates this, but this is, I'm committed to this. And somehow the audience turns around and starts loving yeah. it too. Yeah. Because you set the tone. You, right. you kind of teach the audience what to love. You're like, I love this. And I'm going to, I love this so much that you're going to love it. You know? Yeah. I 100% agree. And even when it's not something the audience hates. Sometimes it's like the audience is just thrown off by it or just doesn't get it yet. Yeah. Or yeah. it just isn't a thing yet. It doesn't feel like a joke yet. So they're just sitting there waiting for something to solidify it. When people double down and, and do the bit again or say the line again or reintroduce it, then it gets a laugh. It's like it clicks yeah. for people to go like, yeah. oh, this is funny. This is yeah, the thing. Like, I get like it this now. Character. Right, yeah. right. And but you're right. Like people can either just be afraid to get that vulnerable or to commit that hard or they bail because people didn't laugh. And then they start doing surf, surface level sort of acting. Then it just pulls back too much 
for anyone in the audience to really dig into it and and yeah. and lean in and be immersed in it. But it's yeah. that commitment that kind of is the glue for everything. And also gets you out of your head when you're committing to just the emotion of the character. I feel like it gets you out of your head and makes yeah. you not push the joke too much or not be too aware of the joke. But you ride, and I think Justin Anderson's really great at this too. Mm -hmm. you both will do things that are so funny but your your commitment is in the emotions of the character or the logic of that this character is following and i find that really hard to balance because when i'm like thinking like oh i i want to do this thing i think is funny if it doesn't get a laugh it's very easy for me to be like well i don't what do i do <laughs> like i <laughs> I don't know what to do. I thought this was yeah. funny. And yeah. so I feel like I'm either committing and the thing I'm doing isn't necessarily funny and I'm just there to service the rest of the scene and the other characters, but I'm not the funny one. Or I'll just keep doing the silly thing if it gets a laugh. And and I, I, I want to find a way to do both. Can I make an observation of, about your improv or I'm, yeah. I'm trying. So I realize this is an interview about me. And so I'm trying to like, <laughs> I'm trying to like, I know, but like, I'm cause usually in a conversation, it's like, now I ask this person and I'm like, wait, should I not be doing that? But then I just feel very egotistical. Being you can like, totally do more that. More about me. <laughs> <laughs> so my observation about you is you're, I think you're a very confident player. And I, I feel like I've never seen you sweat on stage. Do you know what I mean? Like, like metaphorically sweat. I get what like, you mean. That's yeah, interesting. Again, it goes back to the fish and water things. Like, ah, I don't, I don't know where the water is. I'm just in it. But I guess I would imagine that comes from having done so much stand up before. I don't think doing I knew improv. you did stand up. Yeah, I actually started doing stand up in 2009 and oh, didn't start doing wow. improv until 2013. And was doing a ton. I was getting a lot of stage time in South Carolina between 2009 and moving to New York in 2017. So that was like a lot of years of uh, going up on stage alone and trying yeah, to make a yep. crowd laugh and and yep. figuring out, oh, I if I back myself into a corner, I know how to get out of it. Do you still do stand up? I did it once this year for my birthday party. I think it was the only time I did it this year. I just don't redo it so much. I didn't find a room that I, well, I did end up finding a couple of spaces that I liked, but then it was like Mondays and Wednesdays and that was like show night or rehearsal night. So I just, yeah. no time. I have done stand up a handful of times mm -hmm. in call in college. I, it was like this local bar that did it. And so like, I did it in like a very warm crowd that was like mainly my <laughs> friends. I've never done it on the mean streets of New York City, <laughs> but I would have to imagine, I'm asking you, but I'm going to guess that the answer is improv is a lo little bit more fun. Stand up just seems very <laughs> out there on your own. It seems kind of like ruthless, you know? You know, and improv is like, let's all play together. <laughs> It's such, they're so different that I, I always had a hard time comparing them comedically because yeah, I, I, I had a, a comparison on this the other day. I guess it was like playing golf versus playing basketball, you know, like they're just so yeah, different, different that I don't even know how to compare them to say like, which right. one, because people would ask me like, which one is better? Which one do I like better? And it's like, they're exercising two different muscles. So right. I don't right. know. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know yeah. how to answer that. But I would still enjoy doing comedy, doing stand-up comedy. If I was, I mean, you know, I probably if, if I hadn't stopped doing it so much, I'd probably still be enjoying it because I enjoyed going up on stage and doing it. What was not fun was the going to the mics and not you're just sitting there for a few hours and no one's. It's a grind, yeah, you. yeah, and it's just. I don't know. There was one room where the people were cool and I felt like, oh, I can just like be here and they'll talk to they'll actually acknowledge my existence. And then there were just so many places where they're either too few people yeah. or they were just ignoring you. And it's like, what? What? OK, <laughs> like, why yeah. are you here? <laughs> 
like, why am I here? I guess I won't be here. It's a <laughs> um, different energy. Yeah. Whereas like getting into improv, everything like surrounding the show is still a lot of fun with improv because yes. everyone was yeah. like one. It's like a group hang, you know, everyone was like, yeah, having you're fun also together. You, the things you were doing are literally like the formula to friendship. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm always, when people like move somewhere new and they're like trying to make friends, I'm like, take an improv class. Yeah. It, it's just like a shortcut to making friends because in order to make a friend, you need to have a shared experience together where you're both like going towards a goal. Yeah. And then along that journey, you're going to have to like be, show vulnerability to one another. And then you bond over like, sharing this very like vulnerable experience journey. And then by the end of it, you're like, holy crap. Like I feel very close to this person. I feel like we're friends. It's yeah. the formula to friendships. It's why, you know, at work bonding events, we do improv icebreakers right. and like, right. we do, like, <laughs> yeah, we know this works. Like we know this psychologically works. So yeah, it's just, it's not surprising that people become fast friends in this community. Yeah. I mean, that's something, you know, if, when I become an empty nester one day, I might be like, I'm going to go take an improv class, <laughs> you know, like, I totally. know, depending on where totally. my Totally. Because that is, it is a really, you know, you're getting out there, you're meeting people, it makes you feel youthful. It's, it'd be fun. Yeah. You're playing, yeah. like, yeah. you're being silly, like yeah. you're, <laughs> and the, you if you want to make friends you can't you got to be kind of like coy about it right it's not like yeah like okay go make friends like let's be friends <laughs> like that's always the goal but you can't like act like that's the goal you know what i'm saying right. oh yeah it's a dance it's i really like, kind of wish it was end. that easy <laughs> there are times where i'm like I, w I wish i could just be like hey will you be my friend <laughs> 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 I've wanted I've wanted that since junior high. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think that. you can do that when you're like five because I feel like I'm. <laughs> you absolutely line. can at five. Yeah, yeah. but at five, that... anything goes. <laughs> yeah, once you hit double digit ages, <laughs> nope, everyone's yeah. too <laughs> too yeah. caught up, and whatever anxiety does to people. Well, for I should say thank you for saying that. You always see me as a confident player. I never, never flustered. That's never I, flustered. Never I can't caught disagree. Off guard. I can't disagree because I I can't think of a time where I got flustered in a scene. But I do second guess myself a lot to the point where I don't feel like I go as far as I would like. And mm. um, you know, and that's you what's know, the that people... about what's that about? <laughs> well, I I think I'm on? tying. <laughs> I think I'm tying too much to it. You know, like, I don't, I don't think I'm tying self-worth to it, but I do think I'm probably tying a little bit of maybe like career goals to it, you know, Interesting. and it's, Interesting. You know, I think, uh, or, or something, I, don't, I, I haven't quite put my finger yeah. on it and I, I haven't done morning pages in a bit, so I, I probably need <laughs> to write it out in morning pages, but I, love I, that. I do love Are you a journaler. Pages. Thanks to Artist Way, which I only did earlier this year, and then therapy. Yeah, I I love doing morning pages because I just like get all any ideas that are just stuck in my brain, getting in my way. I get them out. And I I Ugh. it really opened me up creatively and and made me feel more like an actual artist because Amazing. I felt I could. I was just tapping into stuff in a way that I wasn't before, like thought processes and yeah, recognizing connections about. Yep. Comedy or you know, any any sort of piece of work you can make. So I love doing it. I mean, I I I know everyone talks about artist way, but I totally dig it. I've never heard of that. <laughs> really? You're kidding. No. No, the really? artist way? Yeah. No. Julia Cameron wrote it and like I think like 40 some years write it ago. Down. And we did a little like group book club on it. Some friends from South Carolina and Lisa Betancourt did it oh. and we had a great time it's just a 12-week thing and you i don't know the chapters are short they probably take like you know they're like 10 to 15 pages <laughs> each chapter and then you have exercises 
that you can do and you don't have to I'm do every exercise yeah there's like a long list of exercises but you don't have to do all of them you could do the ones that are speaking to you and at least that's how i was told <laughs> that's what i was told and so that's how i approached it and it made it less daunting so it was it was so fun i i really enjoyed it so you know i don't really know i don't it's probably a lot of the common stuff with improv when it comes to not going for it. It's probably a little of, what if I go for it and I look stupid and everyone hates it and it's not yeah. funny or something like that. And then there's probably also a little, I don't want to step on their thing mm, um, uh-huh, or I don't uh-huh. want to put something out there and it not get supported. And then I, you know, like all that kind of stuff can just that fear-based stuff that can get in your head. I'm sure some of those things are in there. And then, you know, maybe I'm also just feeling like maybe I'm not good enough at those things. And so feel like I feel like, oh, I can't do this in a show. I, you know, <laughs> I don't mm. have time for that. So, yeah, it's just stuff, more stuff to break out of to really open up more on stage. Yeah, I feel like there are some good elements to those thoughts, like. I know we don't want to be like thinking, overthinking too much when doing improv, but like, right. I do appreciate when people are like, oh, like, am I being a team player? Like, has this person gotten a chance to like say anything yet? Like, right. I don't think it's great when improvisers are not thinking that, you know, and they're, <laughs> right. you know, <laughs> like you do want to be aware right. of the rhythm of the show. And Absolutely. Yeah. You know, like who's gotten stage time, who hasn't gotten stage time, like, do I need to amp it up? Do I need to back it down? Yeah. yeah. I was actually thinking about that the other day because I so, like some, I'm on like a bunch of different teams and, and I, I noticed that I play slightly differently, you know, depending on the context. Right. And I was like, well, well, that's a good thing because I'm reading the energy of the room. And Absolutely. like, you know, if, if no one's stepping out, then I'm like stepping out and like big and loud. But then if there's like a lot of that energy, I'm a little quieter. I'm, you know, because I'm balancing it out. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, there's, there's good, there's good things happening in your head too. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think for good reason, people say like, don't get in your head. Um, but sometimes you do have to think when, the, when right? you're in the show, you do have to think of the pace and the rhythm of the show. And you do have to, like totally. you were saying, like, you have to think about that kind of stuff of like, you know, oh, this, you know, the, the, uh, the last scene was low energy. I, we need to have a high energy right. scene now, or we just totally. had a group scene or we just had a scene that was two people sitting, seating, <laughs> you know, in the, in the, um, right. The exactly. Position and they're driving a car. So I, I had an idea for that, but. Uh, I don't want to do two scenes in a row where it's just two people driving in a car or something that looks similar. You want to like shake things up because you do have to have a, you have to, you have to see the forest and the trees. I feel like, because you have to think what is the big picture of this set? And from a practical standpoint, like how is it all coming together so that I can make sure that I'm a part of that flow I wonder if we can reframe that though. Like yeah. instead of like that being thinking, maybe that's more feeling, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's, I, I totally agree. I think there are some people who say like, feel the show out, but it hasn't become normalized to say it that way. So I think some people go, oh, I'm thinking so much. I'm not paying attention. And then they get in their head that they did that. And so now they're just beating themselves up in their, in their yeah. minds and now it's yeah. a, it's a thinking trap and now they're spiraling you know like it gets yeah. them totally out of the set it is sort of like connecting to the feeling like what is going on what does this feel like how can I be a yeah. part of that yes yeah I I once got when I was on She-Wolf I once got a great note from Rick Andrews who was our coach at the time oh, one of the teachers at, at Magnet yeah. and yeah, he, he was saying right. Right. Friend of the show. <laughs> Everybody's a friend of the show. I love it. <laughs> he gave me this note that I was thinking too much and I was playing too cautiously and that I would really think before I spoke. Mm. And so he gave me this exercise to do in practice one time where he's like, I, I just want you to keep talking like faster than your brain 
will think. Ooh. And so I, which was very scary for me. Yeah. Because in life, you do want to think before you speak, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you do want to think before you speak, you know? Like, there's a second for some editing in the filter. Right, right. You got to filter. <laughs> but you're not going right? to say some, some, some sort of prejudice thing. You'll be good. <laughs> you're a good hearted I mean, like, person you're not gonna you know i'd like to think so yes but it's still scary to just have like, like oh yeah like hey take that filter off and just like babble you know yeah especially when you're like playing characters that aren't you you know what i mean so like you're mm -hmm. just like i don't know what this person's gonna say <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what i mean so but i tried it in in the practice and it was really like eye-opening just like the shit that comes out of your mouth like when when they're when he's like don't stop talking like keep going like right yeah and it's just like i i don't even know where that came from you know i yeah i totally see that and yeah this i feel like this is the creating something part of you know this sounds like what happens sometimes so let's let's dig in here and and make this what we are creating because i okay. i love this and i I do think it'd be good to sort of model for people or, or maybe just talk out so people can think about this. Improvisers can think about this, like how they can sort of get out of their heads. Um, and, but also into their feelings, but not yeah. so out of their heads that they're not paying attention. <laughs> it's right, a balancing right. act. But one thing that when I was in team performance workshop, which is now the second, advanced level at magnet it's not called team performance workshop anymore but it's the same thing peter mcnerney was saying to me that he loves it when i surprise myself on stage and it's mm. this, and it's when i say something something just comes out of my mouth and it makes me laugh it because i i right. was yeah i wasn't even expecting it right, right. <laughs> and i then after i said it i realized how ridiculous it was and it right. was making all of us laugh and he and I, those are my favorite moments on stage. Yes. So how do you get to that kind of space? Is it this just kind of like I'm going to remove this filter? Oh God! Well, so I I want to talk a little bit about like <laughs> like well you're a good person you're not going to say anything bad like <laughs> but sometimes stuff comes out wrong you know what I mean yeah. like yeah yeah I've I've definitely been on stage where. Like this one example comes to mind. I was in a scene with somebody who was dating like literal monsters. Like they were dating like Frankenstein and <laughs> like, oh God, improv. Vampires, and they kept, yeah. yeah, they kept dating like these mythical like monsters and it wasn't working out. And like I said the first thing that came to mind, which was like, this seems like a you problem. Like you keep dating literal monsters. <laughs> And someone in the crowd went, wow. And I was like, oh shit. They think I'm making like a domestic violence, like blaming oh, yeah. the victim. Like you're doing this to yourself. Yeah. And it totally derailed me because- Yeah, I can see how that can happen. I'm like, that's not what I meant. Right. Uh <laughs> you know, and like I never, ever, ever want to. I'm edgy jokes are not my thing. Like I don't want right, to even right. like go there. And like oh, that was yeah. so not that, my and intention. anyone can. Yeah, that can happen to anybody. That you're, and so that's you're what right. I mean yeah. more that like I'm well intentioned, but sometimes right, right. when you're just like, well, what's the first thing you think of? It's like, well, stop dating like a werewolf, you know, like <laughs> there's things that are going to happen. Yeah, like <laughs> gosh, you know, there's always going to be one person who's going to take it the wrong way from what you mean. So is the lesson maybe not to worry about that? I don't know what it is. I'm like, <laughs> that wow haunts me. <laughs> like, oh, wow. That, yeah. Wow. <laughs> like this, you, you know, know did... and it was like, it just was like, I was actually not trying to make like an edgy like right. commentary on that. It's it, it just was like the next thing in my brain. And so like, mm -hmm. I get really scared of that. I get really scared. I think of a that. lot of, I think that's a very common thing for people to get afraid will happen because we've had enough experiences where some there is a misunderstanding where we're like 
oh, what if somebody got mad, like genuinely mad, and then went online and was saying something about me? And it was like, but that's not what I meant. Yeah. And I also think like, because I don't want to come off as like, people are right. too sensitive. Oh. Yeah, I hate that. I hate that <laughs> take. I hate the like, you can't make jokes I... anymore. Yeah. Yes, you can't make jokes anymore. <laughs> I was like, you said something racist. That wasn't a joke. <laughs> <laughs> you can, totally, totally, you can totally. totally make jokes now just don't be a racist exactly so like that is not how I feel it, it's more that like I am literally trying to make stuff up on the spot so I don't right. have time to totally vet what I'm about to say and right. edit yeah, what check I'm about the to angles. say because yeah. after I said that and I got that reaction and I kind of like did the mental math of like wait why did they and then I was like they okay and I saw what they saw even though it wasn't my intention yeah I was like yeah I would have liked to make a different choice like uh, but and so I think that's where it comes from that like editing huh. is not a bad thing all the time you know no, like, I don't I yeah I, I don't think it's a bad thing like it's like sometimes your gut reaction and like when you're making jokes you know, shoot from the hip, you know, you're just, like you said, you're, we're, we don't have a filter. We're just trying to babble and we're trying to make something funny. And if you're sitting alone in your room trying to come up with ideas for a sketch, you go, oh, maybe this will be funny. And then you write it down and then you try to like work it out and you immediately go, oh, no, no, this doesn't, this isn't funny. This wouldn't work. And you move on. But in improv, you say it. It isn't something right. that you can then go, oh, no, actually, now I can't. That, that doesn't make sense. That's actually not funny. You don't have you don't have that opportunity. Yeah, I get I guess in a way you do. Like, I guess I could have been like uh, and of course, you're, you're, I'm just like panicking at that moment. Right. And, right. But like, yeah. <laughs> I guess I could have been like, you know what? That was really shitty advice I just gave you. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, I guess I could have. But was been the like... joke that she had? She was dating actual monsters. Yes. So, like, I mean, that was <laughs> that was already the scene. Yeah, but I guess I'm just saying there is. I guess there's always a way out. Like there, like if you if you find yourself word vomiting mm -hmm. and then you word vomit something that you're like, oh, that is not something I intended. I guess you always have the opportunity to backtrack and be like, yeah. and that's what an a, asshole thing to say, you know? like That is good advice. I guess, I, I don't know. It's hard to like figure in the, in the moment what you can say. Cause like, yeah, you can always look back and say, ah, if I had worded this a little differently and yeah. you can't you always can like, word it perfectly immediately. That's kind of the beauty be like, of improv. But. Listen. That came out wrong. Right? Like, <laughs> right, right, right. like address it. You know, I feel like and now that I'm talking it out with you, I'm like, <laughs> there are ways to get out of it, I think. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, I think that is a good point because I have heard that advice before when somebody tried to pimp somebody into being racist. Like literally, oh, this person what said a it nightmare. about Yeah. And I mentioned it to Lewis Kornfeld. And he was like, oh, that was shitty of them to like try to put that on that other person. He's like, in yeah. a situation like that, you know, you could just you don't have to <laughs> agree to their shitty thing. Yeah, That's like you can putting, say no. Putting an imposition on you like <laughs> right. like you could you can say, you know what? Thank you for mentioning. I am working on that. Not, you know, like you can say <laughs> something like that. And it's like, OK, you try to throw me under yeah. the bus immediately in this scene. And I just dodged the bus. So you're always in, <laughs> you are always in control. Like you don't ever right. have to do something you're uncomfortable with. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sometimes well, I think we solved, thing, it. We solved it. Solved <laughs> <laughs> it. Yeah. Also, though, I guess we're, when we're talking about uncomfortability with live performance, mm -hmm. there is the stuff that like someone is trying to make you do that you're not into. But then there's the stuff that's an idea from within you. And you're like, oh, can I be that vulnerable on stage? You know, can I open up that much? And that's mm. the sort of stuff that we want to be able to correct and and go out and do. But it's scary. <laughs> yeah. It can be scary. Do you have a thought process that you work through to where you can commit more? Because it, it comes off very confident 
is you know your your improv comes off very confident like you you seem fearless to really play the emotion of a scene and stick to it thank you that's very kind of you to say i think i i don't know if i have like an official process but i i find that like i get very curious and mm. am just really asking a lot of questions like i sometimes will find myself like asking questions about my character mm. and like answering them right like i a couple of scenes come to mind like one was and of course i don't remember any of the context but one was someone was putting a newspaper in front of me and i was like what does this newspaper say and it's like that's so i know that sounds so basic <laughs> but like we forget to ask questions like that we're just yeah. like there's a newspaper in front of me what's a funny thing i can say and right it's like, exactly oh, that's where i get on the news what are the headlines you know <laughs> and like to just be really curious and then I was doing a, a scene with Max Bank. Hilarious. Who was on one of my, incredible, one of my yeah. other Megawatt teams, Good and Evil. With Justin, Good and Evil, yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone. <laughs> um, and we were, I was like a, I was like a mother of a woman he was dating and he was talking to me and I was asking questions about like who my care, and I was like, have I, oh, he hasn't met me before. He's the way he's talking to me is like, he's introducing himself. And I was like, but, but have I met him before? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I have, I've met him before. And I like came up with this idea that I had been like vetting him for my daughter. And mm -hmm. so like, I had been like, and then like, oh, then the story just like wrote itself. You know what I mean? About like, oh, I, <laughs> all those people you met this past week were me in disguise and like, <laughs> so it's just like the process is like a, a, a true curiosity. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Of mm -hmm. like, who's this person? And like, what, like ju just like reading energy and being like, how's this person talking to me? What does that say about like our relationship? What does that say about who I am? I get like really, really curious. Mm. Um, and that usually will just, show the path forward yeah you know? and how does it work out in your mind when you're asking yourself those questions and you're you know listening to the other person like how do you balance doing both where you still hear the person because so many people in improv they get so caught up in their head they don't even hear the other person that and that's a pet peeve of mine <laughs> when you said when i i don't mean to be all like but when you say something and it's clear the person did not listen to you and they were just thinking of their next line and they say something that's totally like disjointed from what you just said, mm -hmm. I'll like, it's, I'm just like, so were you listening to me? <laughs> I get that way in real life too. <laughs> I think that it's just like, that's what we, you're doing that all the time in real life. Like yeah, when you have conversations yeah. with someone, you're listening to them, but you're also kind of reading the energy and like, you know, like, yeah. is that, is everybody comfortable? Like, you know, <laughs> did I, did I put out enough snacks? <laughs> you know? Like you're kind of juggling a lot, even not on stage, you know? Yeah. I think the place that I'm trying to get back to, cause I've been there and I'll, I'll get out of it for different reasons, for whatever reason. And it's that, that headspace that is like, real life where you are talking to a person you're paying attention to them and then all this stuff is coming to your to your mind you know like mm -hmm. you know when you're in conversation with somebody and they mention something you go oh that reminds me of such and such and then you can't get there when you're doing an improv scene <laughs> you can't get in that yeah. headspace where they say something you go oh yeah that reminds me of such and such mm -hmm. i have i'm struggling with that right now and there's like a freeing thing about not worrying, I guess, and also just like feeling and not thinking. It's like if you can be free and not think, you can think more in a way or like you'll have yeah. more capacity to your thoughts, which is a weird thing. But it's like I'm not thinking and it's allowing it's freeing my mind up to think about more things at once. Yeah, I think we're onto something with this feeling overthinking thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's like a key to a lot of things. You mentioned therapy. I think it's a key to therapy as well. I think 
people need to feel more in mm -hmm. therapy than think because we can intellectualize our issues and, yeah. you know, have a freaking PhD on trauma or anxiety <laughs> and like, yeah, you know exactly what's going on intellectually, but like, is that going to do anything for you? Right. Like you gotta, you gotta feel your way out. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I feel like there's a connection here with improv too. Like you have yeah. to feel your way out. Yeah. It's probably like this balance of being present, being consciously aware of what's going on, including your feelings and then consciously aware of what the vibe is. And feeling, yeah. and like you said, feeling your way out. But how often do we do that in everyday life? Like when you're talking right. to someone at a party, you're reading them and mm -hmm. you're like, what's their level of like, are they busy? Do they need to go talk to other people? Like how much, right. like how much time should I be giving that? You know what I mean? Like you are mm -hmm. constantly reading other people's energy and assessing the situation right. and then reacting accordingly. Yeah. So maybe it's being more consciously aware that you do that stuff already. So you already. can do it on, in, on an improv stage. Totally. Mm, I love it. The answer was in us all along. <laughs> there it is. We did it. You always had the power. <laughs> yeah. Feel no. more. I think that's that should be our advice to improvisers. Yeah. Really feel as much as possible more than thinking. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast, Ellen. I had a blast and I <laughs> loved talking to you. Isn't she a delight? Check out her improv team, Dreamboat, at The Magnet every Wednesday night. Also, check out her improv team, Cat's Cradle. You can find out about shows on Instagram at Cat's Cradle Improv. Also, check out her podcast, The Pursuit of Perfectness, a Let's Hear It Network podcast she does with improviser Dennis Pacheco. They explore the endless quest for excellence in all areas of life. Also, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at There It Is Pod. And subscribe to our YouTube channel at There It Is. Follow me on Twitter at Jason Far Jokes and Instagram at Jason Far Picks and go to thereitispod.com for newsletter and support info. Links in bio. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr.